The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position of Owen TV's management, staff, or board of directors. Hello and welcome to About Town. I am your host, Sarah Luxinger, and today my guest is Chris Barnett. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being on. So we'll get into the supervisor and all of that, but first things first, where did you grow up? I grew up in West Bloomfield. West Bloomfield. West Bloomfield. Yeah, that was my home until I was about um, 14. Then we moved to Rochester Hills. Um, my dad was a uh, captain in the West Bloomfield Fire Department, and so we had to live in the in the township there. And uh, and my my mom our mom was a school teacher, and uh, my dad unfortunately got sick, got cancer from fighting fires, and passed away at the age of young age of thirty nine. Oh my god! And uh, and I was fourteen at the time, and we uh, went to Oakland Christian School. So when he passed away, we decided to move closer, so we moved to Rochester Hills then. So. I spent my young young years in West Bloomfield and then um, finished high school in Rochester Hills before I ultimately moved to where living is a vacation. Okay, so what um, give us the path from Rochester to here? So uh, I got married at a young age. Uh, we started a family, my wife and I, and uh, when we were we were looking for a place to raise our family, uh, we were looking at all different areas. Um, and Lake Orion was very appealing to us um, because it had a great school district. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at the time we kind of felt like it was up and coming. And so we bought a home in Keatington uh, in, I'm going to say, 1999 okay. is when I first, uh, when we moved to Orion. And I bounced around to three or four different places since then. And um, I don't think I'm ever going to leave. I really love it here. So good. Well, it is a pretty good place to live. It's awesome. All right. So uh, you are the township supervisor for Orion. Why don't you give us a little elevator speech on what that is, what that position okay, is? Okay, the elevator speech is um, I work for the people of the township. Uh, it's my full-time job. I'm elected, so uh, it's a, I serve four-year terms. I'm in my third four-year term. I was first elected in 2012. And um, I think the best way and the easiest way for me to describe it is, you know, if people don't know what a township supervisor is, um, a lot of people outside of the state of Michigan don't because uh, it's a little bit unique to the Midwest, but it's similar to being the mayor. Um, so I uh, work full-time serving the residents of our community. Uh, I get an opportunity to speak to a lot of the um, elementary classes uh, when they're learning about government. And um, I, I basically say I have lots of bosses because that's true. People uh, that vote for me um, are my boss. And uh, my job is to try to help them. And every day is different, which is what I really enjoy about the job. It's challenging. Um, I, love the, I love the community. I love the people. I'm a people person. I'm a people pleaser sometimes to a fault. So uh, it's it's really fun um, and rewarding at times, challenging also. Well, and you just uh, got an award, the Michigan Municipal League Michael A. Guido Award. Yes. Why don't you give us a little, now's the time to brag a little bit about that award because um, the Leadership and Public Service Award, I don't know all of these awards yet. I, I have just started my political career, so I am, I'm also learning and I you know, would really like to know about that one. And congratulations, too, on your start to your political career. It's awesome to see new blood and exciting, you know, people that are excited about our community serving. So thank you. Thank you. Um, this was really cool. I've, I've, um, I've been blessed with, 
with some recognitions over the years, and um, this one is really special to me because it was my peers, the peers, um, uh, other electeds in the state of Michigan selected me for this award, uh, which which I made it really meaningful. I I really take a lot of pride in serving our community, but also I'm a mega networker. I love to um, get to know people that have similar roles in the in the region. Regardless of political affiliation, I, I, I don't like to be real partisan. Um, so I built, I forged a lot of relationships over the last several years across Southeast Michigan and really across the state. So then to be recognized um, by, uh, by my peers uh, for this award was really humbling and it, was, it came as quite a surprise. So, so this is something that uh, somebody nominates you? Correct, yeah. Okay. So I was nominated and um, the, the current president of the Michigan Municipal League. The Michigan Municipal League is, is an organization. It's a nonpartisan organization. Most communities in the state of Michigan are members. They basically serve to support the cities, villages, and townships of the state. Um, so sometimes that has to do with, with legislation and things to protect our interests as local units of government. Um, there's networking and education also that they really um, promote, and that's what, that's what they do. So the current president is Mayor Bill Wild, who's the mayor of Westland, Michigan, who I've become friends with. And he called me and said, so, you were nominated, and then our, our committee uh, selected you. So it was cool. It was a cool honor. And like I said, it sits on my desk. It's it's something I'm pretty proud of. I don't think anybody even knows what it is, but I well, do. So now, now people do. And this just happened. This was March. Right. This, so. this, just recently, yeah. yes. Uh, and for uh, thank you for explaining what the Michigan Municipal League. We're just going to start calling it MML. MML. That, uh, MML that's easy. Yeah. Gets a little tongue tied there. Uh, well, I found out on one of the classes, the virtual classes um, that you were also on, that you have a brother who is the mayor of Rochester Hills. Is that's, that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So it runs in your family. It does. I mean, like I said, my mom was a school teacher, my dad was a fireman. And so I think we just kind of got that public service. Um, you know, in our blood, if you will, um, we tease, there's four of us. My brother, Brian is, is the oldest. He's the mayor of Rochester Hills has been since 2007. Uh, and then myself, and then we have a sister, Andrea and a, and a brother, Matthew. Andrea lives in Shanghai, China. Matthew lives in Chattanooga. And we tease both of them. Like maybe not so much Andrea, but Matt, we're like, you got to get on the planning commission, do something in Chattanooga. Come on, let's go, you know? Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's really fun because, um, to be able to work, Brian and I, my, my older brother, who's the mayor of Rochester Hills, we worked together for um, six years uh, in the construction industry, and I was his boss, which was fun, being your older brother's boss. Oof. And he told me one day, he was on the city council, and he came into my office and said, I, I'm going to run for mayor. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. I'm like, you're going to what? Um, and he did, and he was successful. And um, at the time, he was the youngest mayor of a city over 50,000 population in the country. Um, I think he was 28, I believe, when he first got elected. So it was cool. And then fast forward, so that was 2007. Five years later, you know, I I, I see see what he's doing. I'm, I was really intrigued by his his um, career path and just seeing him being able to serve his community. I got the bug as well. So, and you were the me. youngest supervisor for or township supervisor for Orion. I yes, I think so. I think that's accurate. I, I don't, you know, we started in 1835, so I don't know, but I think that's what they said at the time. I think yeah, so. Well, and you've been the only one since that time. That's so. true, and I'm I'm a little bit grayer, you know, and a little balder. But uh, it's been a while. It's hard to believe that it's been nine years, and 
part of me feels like I've been doing this longer, much longer. And then some of, some of, some days it's like, I feel like it's my first day. Uh, well, you're also on a lot of boards and, uh, you're on the DDA board, but you're also on, um, you know what? Why don't you give me the rundown? Cause I can't read my handwriting right it's now. Okay. I, and I'll try to keep, keep track of them. But yeah, so I serve on a lot of boards and committees, um, kind of comes with the territory, lots of meetings. Um, so yeah, I, I serve as, uh, I'm the township representative to the downtown development authority, the DDA. Um, I serve on the Orient veterans Memorial board. I serve, um, on SEMCOG's board. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, I chair the Oakland County Association of Township Supervisors. So I've been that the chair, there's 21 townships in the county. We get together every month. Um, and, and that's, I've been, I think I've been the chair of that for five years. Um, I, I serve on the, the Michigan Townships Association um, local board, which is a, similar to the Michigan Municipal League. We kind of advocate for the 1,240 townships in the state. Um, and then I was recently elected to um, the National Association of Regional Council, so it's a national board, um, and I'm the the, the um, board member representing the states of Ohio and Michigan. Obviously, Michigan is like my, you know, well, my Ohio. I know, seriously. Uh, so, I mean, and the list kind of goes on. There's there's other committees and commissions, and um, it's it's a lot sometimes. Um, and then and then I also have some real passions. Um, I I'm the um, I just was um, appointed the chair of the board of Dutton Farm, which is a local nonprofit that we exist to teach and employ adults with special needs. It's a really amazing um, organization. So um, I definitely stay stay fairly busy with meetings. You sound like you could use a, a hobby or two. <laughs> um, what, I, do you, I what what are your hobbies? So so my favorite hobby is doing nothing on a pontoon boat in Lake Orion. That's my, that was I, my yesterday. I, that was my yesterday. Maybe I, we passed each other, but I floated yesterday. It was nice. Um, I do like, I love one of the reasons we chose Orion over other areas. We looked at Troy and Rochester when we were trying to figure out where we wanted to plant our roots was because of all the lakes and parks that we have up here. Um, I love the water, literally love the water. Someday my dream is um, to, to live on a boat someplace when I retire and just go different places, which would be amazing. Don't know how to ever afford it, but that's, that's the dream. So, um, people do it. I do really, um, I like to unplug and just, just kind of chill. And that, that's my, that's my hobby for now. I've had other hobbies in the past, but right now that, that's, that's the go-to. So, and thank you for your honesty. Cause that, that's my hobby too. I like Sundays. It's don't even ask. I'm not, I'm not available. I'm on the couch with my dogs. I had so much to do yesterday, and I had all these visions of getting caught up on email and stuff. I did none of it, and I don't regret it really. I, I Today I'm feeling the pressure because I'm like, oh, man, I meant to do all these things. But it is just a, a great place to just flow. That's, at least that's my thing. So, mm-hmm. All right. So what is uh, – you also do a lot of charitable work. Um, what's one of the the – organizations or groups that's near and dear to your heart? Um, well, certainly Dutton Farm, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm. it's, it's a nonprofit and, and it's just, um, we have a couple local, our, the goal is to teach these adults with special needs, job skills. When, when, you know, unfortunately many of them, if you look at the stats, the, the unemployment rate in special needs adults is like 70 some percent. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are 
destined to live a life in someone's basement. Frankly, it's, it's sad. So, um, Jenny Brown is the founder and CEO and, and we went to the same high school and we got disconnected, but then reconnected, um, five or six years ago. And she's just very passionate to, to help, help other people. And it's very infectious. It's really, it's really a great thing. So, um, locally, for example, Lava Mountain Coffee is my spot. You see, I got, yes, I, I, I just, yes. it was the cup in my car and he needed water. So shameless plug for them, but they're one of our employment partners. So they hire our farmers. We call them farmers because originally they started, it started as a farm where we taught people how to, um, kind of do out, outdoor tasks and things. And now it's moved into, we, you know, make candles and we make all kinds of products, soaps and things that we sell. But then also the goal is to have find employers that are willing to hire hire our 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 people. So um, if you go to Lava Mountain in the mornings, you'll see our farmers there sweeping, cleaning. Some of them will make are, are learning to be baristas, uh, and just the, the rewarding the rewarding part is to see the excitement in these people's eyes when they get their first paycheck, and they they've 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 always wanted to accomplish something, and so often I think society writes them off. So it's cool. So, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're a small business owner and you're interested, um, it, it, it could change your business and, and, and really, um, I think you'll see it's an experience that, um, customers that go in, you know, this morning, Ben made my tea and he made sure everybody in the whole place knew that my tea was ready. So it's, it's cool. So that's, that's the one, that's one I'm really passionate about. The other one, um, the most fun I've had since I've had this job was working on building, raising the funds, and building the Miracle League field out at Friendship Park. So it's a space, it's a baseball field for um, people with special needs. It's a rubber surface, and we went out. We, there's one in Southfield, and they're actually all over the country. We went to the one in Southfield, and I caught the vision, and I thought this is something I really want to try to bring back to our community. And the Daisy Project is another nonprofit that I've um, I don't serve on their board, but been active with trying to assist them in raising money, and they kind of exist. To, to do similar things that Dutton Farm does. They, they raise all the money they raise. They, they help build accessible playgrounds. And um, Elpa at Grove and Oak State Park, they put in like an, a ramp into the beach so they could wheel chairs like into the water because obviously wheelchairs don't necessarily roll well on sand. So they do things like that. And they partnered with us and raised a ton of money for the Miracle, League, Miracle Field Project. But also at Friendship Park, we have a handicap accessible playground. So though that's where I find... I'm I'm very passionate about those types of projects and those types of um, organizations. Yeah, uh, we have a special needs nephew. Uh, he's he presents like he's autistic, but it's a du- it's a duplication of his 15th chromosome. So there's some other um, medical uh, things that need uh, attention. But I did a ultra marathon many many years ago, and I was like, you know what? In order to be able to finish this, I'm gonna like raise money for it. I had two weeks to do it, and it was amazing how generous people were. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just you know little me, you know, asking people to donate, and they did. And I feel like there's more awareness about special needs now, right. and uh, hopefully that just grows. And and we're seeing that. And and again, I think um, as my in my day job as township supervisor, I think you know I I was blessed. I have three daughters. They're all um, healthy. You know, and I don't ever use the word normal because what we like to call our farmers like special abilities, not not special needs, right? Um, but I, I did it just I grew up and even in my adult life not having a lot of contact with that, um, with those 
people that that live different than I did. And shame on me for not being more outside of my you know little zone. But um, the more and more um, to see the challenges that these these the parents when they're raising these children live with, and just um, and kind of the way this our, our relationship began with the Daisy Project. The Daisy Project is not all women, but it's mostly moms of children with special needs. And um, we were really proud at the township when we um, not long after I started, we had to tear down this long time standing wood playground that was at Friendship Park that was this giant playground um, but the wood had been was just rotting and we just it was not safe so we found a way to raise the money or, or, or budget for it and things and try to apply for some grants to replace it and build this new thing and so we're all excited like this is great we're doing this awesome thing for our community building this cool playground and one of the moms I'll never forget who's a dear friend of mine today uh, Christy Shones she's a township resident too she's like that's this is great and we're happy and I don't mean to be negative but where, where's my son Xander going to be able to play? And it hit me like a ton of bricks, like how selfish and just not, not even thinking about it. It never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. And that started our relationship with Christy and the, uh, the other amazing moms out there and dads um, that face different challenges. And, and ever since then, it's just been kind of a passion of mine. Anytime we're taking on any project to try to think of everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not always possible. You know, we built the, the little, dragon play structure down on Baldwin and that's not really necessarily accept, uh, accessible um, but you know we, we're always we're trying to think of ways to to incorporate and include everyone yeah and I grew up in Birmingham and the Birmingham Public Schools at the time I, I don't know anymore I haven't been there in many many years but we always had kids um, in the it was called the AI program I, I don't know what it would be called today the AI program in our classes. So ever since I was in sixth grade, I, it was not unusual. And then it wasn't until I got out of the bubble, I'm like, why? This isn't odd. This is just, you know, normal right. for, right. that was normal for, right. and it was, it was one of those culture shocks for me, like getting out of the bubble and seeing how people sometimes just don't understand and just treat others terribly it's it's and it happens every day around us and you know i think if that's one thing that i can do in this role is to help and you know there's a platform that comes with being in any leadership position um you know i i don't need my name on buildings or things like that but if we can make a impact on just inclusion in general i think is important um that's something that you know i would say that's the probably the first box I'd want to check um, when I'm done doing this job. So, All right. Well, why don't we go into a little bit about prior to this. What, what did you do? Yeah, so um, I was going to play baseball at Oakland University and then um, started a family really young, so my plans changed. I started working full-time while I was going to school, um, and uh, Oakland University was great to allow me to – keep a scholarship for academics. So um, I went to school for business at Oakland University. I, I worked for a company called Michigan Timber and Trust. Uh, we build like the skeleton frame of a house is the best way to describe it, wood trusses. And um, I had some, I found some um, early success in my career and I really enjoyed that profession. It was, it was just a lot of fun and a lot of relationships as well as it, it was in sales um, and then sales manager and then vice president at a real young age. And then, um, and I loved it. I would, I thought I was going to do that for the rest of my career. 
um, even potentially looking at purchasing the business. And then the house, that then the bubble burst, right back in two thousand eight and nine, and and all the way through twelve, and we were really, you know, recovering for several years. And so I um, had, and, and no one was building any houses, and uh, it was problematic to make a living uh, when you can't sell anything. So I had to, um, you know, kind of reinvent myself, and um, I I bounced around a little bit. I I got my license to sell mortgages. I did that a little bit. Uh, I wasn't real passionate about it. Um, I worked in another sales profession for a while, but it wasn't really anything I was like, I, I didn't wake up in the morning excited to work. And, uh, you know, that's my challenge to all my, to my kids, my friends. Like if you don't wake up and you're not happy, then life's too short to go through your whole life and regret, right? So just make a change. So that's when I started looking at, you know, as I was bouncing around, you know, these two other jobs and not just loving it. That's when I said, you know, I want to find something I love and, uh, the previous supervisor um, to me, Matt Gibb, uh, our kids played soccer, um, not on the same teams, but we would go to tournaments to see them. And we were at a tournament, I remember, I'll never forget, we were playing Euchre in Traverse City. And uh, he said, you ever think about running for supervisor? I said, no. He said, I think you'd be really good at it. Uh, he says, you know, just the way I see you interact with people and you listen. He said, so, you know, I'm and you know quietly I'm taking a job working for Brooks Patterson the, the county executive at the time I think you should consider it and it was like okay and then you know as the next few weeks went by I was thinking about it and talking to my brother because you know very similar to what he does and I got to a point where I said you know what? I think I, I want to I love this community I think I could make a difference or make an impact and nine years ago so that's sort of my career path to where I am now and I and, 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 and so what then I guess the follow-up is what's next. Um, I, I don't think people should serve forever in politics. It's my personal opinion um, or, you know, public service. I think fresh ideas are important. So um, I don't think this is something I'll do forever. I, I'm confident it's not something I'll do forever. I'm already thinking about next things. I'm really happy now. I'm so committed to what I'm doing. Um, but I do think that this, this will be, um, I'm not sure if this is my last term. I'm not ready to make that announcement but I, I definitely will go move on to something else if you made that announcement i was i was just i was like ready for it. i was like i was keeping my face calm cool and collected but uh darn. there's a few projects that have been really fun that have been on the radar for a long time that i i really want to see through gotcha. and they're happening right now so um i saw one i uh, sorry to interrupt you uh 747 does that ring a bell it might have been i was I actually do do research on the folks who are coming in. And that um, something youth, uh, or no, residential, um, well, if the, the, if nothing of... No, it's not ringing about... Okay, then never well, mind. Never mind. So we took so some of the projects that we've taken on over the years that have been uh, either in process or, or completed, um, the, the new municipal complex, um, upgrading the fire, you know, moving our fire department from... When I started, we had... Uh, three or four full-time firefighter, fire personnel. Um, now we have 35. And and the reason that's important is because we were able to provide all services to our residents now. Um, so that's that's a project that I've been working on. It's still still in process, not quite complete. Uh, hopefully this Thursday uh, we will become officially an ALS, Advanced Life Support Fire Department. Um, just the, the some of the economic development stuff, I really enjoy that part of the job, um, trying to create jobs and, and, and good housing opportunities for our residents. 
Um, so the Baldwin Corridor has been a, a major project, and it's almost complete. Um, the Brown Road, we created a Corridor Improvement Authority, um, which would hopefully spur interest and in development into Orion. The south side of Brown is Auburn Hills. The north side is Orion. So largely we had nothing for a long time, so that's another big project. What about the municipal park? That's yeah. going up. Yeah, so that that's 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 another one. I mean, that's that's a need. That looks awesome. It's it's going really well. It's a need that was identified 20 years ago and then reiterated through three different studies and three previous boards and we finally found a way to do it and what was important to this this board that I serve now um with um was that we were trying to find a way to build this new complex that is much needed but to do it and not raise taxes. So it's a huge project. It's about a $20 million project. And we are we were able to do that. We're able to come up with a plan to to create this new municipal complex, which includes the new township offices, a new boardroom that can be used by the entire community. We have a community room, a trailhead. It's on 76 acres and a police station, and then maybe some future athletic fields. And we're able to do all those things without raising taxes, which is really, um, really cool. And I can tell you how, how we did that in a minute if you're interested. But so that's another project that has, you know, I, I want to see that done. And it, it should be done by the end of this year, which is exciting. Yeah. I, I, I'm i very excited about that one. And I just, uh, I don't know if I want to admit it, but I already started. So I will. I've never been into Camp Aguam. Oh, good. That's so. And I, I went with a girlfriend of mine. We were walking around there. Oh, my God. We would have played on the play structure, but there are too many people around. Yes. That is Awesome. That was a cool. We got a grant from the Ralph C. Wilson Foundation for they they funded the entire project. It's like a half a million dollar playground, you know. And, and that's one of the other things. And I don't. I certainly don't take the credit. We I'm blessed to have an amazing team to work with, um, but we have had really awesome success getting grants. Uh, that was one of them to build that um, that kaboom. It's a that was the um, play the the group we worked with. Um, I, I saw play structures there that I like look like something that would be on the moon like station it's crazy we and and we did that on purpose we wanted to we got to we let children we let kids design it and they the way the process started that was part of the grant they came in and sat here in this building we're in today orient center and they got to just draw pictures and anything they could imagine and we took their pictures and we tried to find components that were like what they designed the ultimate result was they didn't draw just swing sets, right? Like the traditional stuff. They came up with crazy ideas and we found a way to build a lot of it, which is, which was cool. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been, and, and even just the camp in general, it's interesting. Um, when we, when we're with large groups of people and we, we've been doing, um, since I started a, a community survey every other year an odd year. So we're up this year to do another one. And we ask like a lot of questions of our residents, you know, what, why do they choose to live here and things like that? Um, what types of things do they want to see come to our community and not come to our community? Um, and we ask about the last one, you know, have you been in, into the, all the different parks that we have? And that's the one that it's sort of still this kind of place that people drive by and they're not real sure what it is. Um, it used to be, it's, it's last year was a hundred year anniversary, uh, of it being a boy scout camp. Mm-hmm. I actually strike that. I think, I think, geez, it's already 21. I think it's, this isn't a deposition. It's a, okay. It was 2018, I think. So 102 years now or so 103. Anyway, we purchased the camp from the Boy Scouts six years ago uh, and, and, you know, kind of saved it, if you will, because they were in um, going through all this uh, stuff, <laughs> uh, downsizing, and, and they had they had all these camps. And, they, and so 
you know, we spent a million dollars of township taxpayer dollars to purchase the camp, which at the time, you know, was a little controversial. We still were kind of coming out of the recession, um, but we thought it was important to not have another neighborhood there, but to try to preserve this really cool place. And and the result is what you just said just a minute ago. People, when they go there the first time, are like, holy cow, I didn't know this was in our community. It feels like you're in the Upper Peninsula almost. Yeah. It's this pristine 140-acre camp. It's really cool. Well, I we had a family cottage in Canada um, on Lake Huron, and it, about a mile away there was a campsite that sort of looked like the beginning portion of that. It didn't have like yeah. a cool um, swing set and playground or those cool forts that look like an old Western movie. But anyway, I, so I was like reliving my childhood walking through there. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. And then it just keeps on getting more and more unique and cool. It was it was great. Anybody who has not gone out in a walk there, do it. It's great. Because you, you do don't it. know what you're getting yourself into. In the first like couple yards or 100 uh, feet, you're like, oh, it looks like a trail. All right, we'll keep going. And then there, there you go. There's a beach there. Yeah. It's a public beach. There's no lifeguards, but there's a public beach that is, the water is pristine. It's it's amazing. Um, And my sister, when she was here, she's like, don't tell too many people because it's like our own little private beach. When we go out there, the kids love it. Um, And then there's this really cool, it's called the Fire Bowl, which was the Boy Scouts used as a, as a where they had their large group gatherings and there's a fire pit. And we've a group of local residents that have really transformed that over the last couple of years into this really awesome music venue deep in the woods. Um, and then we just put in a, a disc golf course last year that was ranked one of the, by the Disc Craft Association or whatever. Um, they, they have it on this as one of the best courses in the Midwest. And it cuts right through the woods. I'm terrible at it, but it's a really yeah. fun free activity to do that's right here local. You just need a Frisbee or a disc, um, and you can go out there, and it's cool. So. My husband was on the Frisbee team um, at Penn State when he was in college. Oh, so you got to take him out there. Yeah, but I, I, there is a reason why I ran. I don't have any hand-eye coordination. <laughs> it's, it's quite um, embarrassing, actually. So moving on, how did you build that playground or the um, play structure or park without raising taxes? Okay, so, so the, well, for the play structure out there, we um, – there's lots of grants that exist, and we don't talk about it too much because uh, the mo- less competition, the more likely we are to get it. So that was one actually that we applied for, and and no one else, very few other people did, and we and we were successful. So that's that play structure that looks like all the cool, crazy stuff. And like I said, that was like a half a million dollar uh, grant. And what we had to do is we had to provide the manpower. So we had to. Um, and, and we recruited 300 volunteers uh, to do. It That's was, a managerial like nightmare. It was it was crazy. It, we we were begging people, and we were going to the different all the different organizations in the community and homeowners associations and churches, just saying, "Please send people." And it worked. We built that playground in one day. Remarkably, it was on a Saturday. It was one of the coolest days, and it r- poured rain and thunder and lightning, and people just stayed and kept working. It's one really cool experience. So that's that one. That was a grant, and we've gotten a lot of grants. We just got a, a, a the largest TAP grant, which is the Transportation Alternatives Program. It's a statewide grant through um, MDOT. Uh, we got the largest TAP grant at the time to date ever in the history of TAP grants to do that bridge and the trail connection between the Paint Creek and Pollyann Trail. Now there have been some larger grants. Um, the city of Detroit just received one. But 
you know, um, one of the things I went to the board with a couple years ago was this concept of um, creating a position that's sort of like a grant writer but did other things, and we did that. Um, and it's been a great decision because we've had a lot of success. I mean, literally, I think we're just looking at this over the last few years, we've gotten like almost $6 million in grants. Now, that's about our annual operating expenditures are about $6 million. Uh, just our general fund operating. So that's that was um, that that's how that's one of the ways we've been doing a lot of these projects. Now speaking about the municipal complex and the new police station and the 76 acre park that we have just south of where we're sitting today, um, that one was um, we're creatively funding that through revenue that we're getting through marijuana. So we have two well two two revenue streams: the marijuana revenue and then the landfill revenue. So we mm-hmm. have a landfill. Uh, not everybody loves it. It's been here for many, many years. Um, but, you know, you, no one wants a landfill, but garbage has to go someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we receive um, we receive revenue from them every year. We negotiated a contract. This is before my time. Um, but the tipping fees, they call it. And we get revenue from from the landfill. So our board basically earmarked those funds to to help pay for the bond debt, like our mortgage debt for the new complex. There was still a gap. Mm-hmm. And so... Back in 2018, I went to our board and said, I hear you loud and clear. You're, you're on board with the project, but basically you tasked me to find the money. I think I found it, and it's marijuana. <laughs> and at the time, it was a little bit, I mean, it was controversial. There were most, most communities were immediately opting out when they heard the word marijuana because just the fear about it. And I encourage our board to look open-minded at the issue. Um, I didn't grow up using marijuana. I didn't, you know... I wasn't, I'm not offended by it, but it's, it was never my thing. And I, and really not many people around me in my circles did. Um, but at the time it was legalized in the state of Michigan mm-hmm. and there was opportunity for us to generate revenue through having some of these facilities. Well, it's like the cigarette tax and that goes right. to our schools. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So we set out to write an ordinance and we talked about it as a board and there was, there was understandably some nervousness about it. And I was, I was one of them. And then we had two public hearings, and we in two public hearings we received one public comment altogether. And the one public comment we received was, you know, how come we weren't opting into the point of sale portion of the marijuana um, ordinance? Which you know, there's five licenses in the state of Michigan: the growing, processing, testing, transporting, and then provisioning center or dispensary. So we chose to just do the four, um, and. We made the ordinance pretty restrictive. We wanted them not to be near residential areas. We wanted them to not be on main roads. We didn't want, we wouldn't allow them to have signs. We didn't want marijuana leaf signs. And we were told by lots of people that were kind of looking around that our ordinance was pretty restrictive and we were happy. That made me happy when someone said that. And ultimately fast forward to today, what we have is we have these organizations, these groups uh, that have built really state of the art facilities um, that are very secure that are um, they're great community partners, and the revenue that we're able to generate from them is paying to build this new police station and municipal complex that's been needed for, like I said, over 20 years. So hey. it's, it's been a win. It's been a win. I, mean, not, I, I don't think everybody believed it at the time, but thankfully now it's been a couple years in, and we can see that it's working. So Change, it, it, Things are changing. Viewpoints are changing. Might as well get in on it earlier and be able to right. capture all of that. And the irony is, in the, since the, since the first facility is now really fully operational, and you would never know actually, um, unless you knew, you could just drive down the street and they're in industrial parks, and you wouldn't know if they're 
producing transmission parts for the Orient plant or growing marijuana. And we did that by design. We didn't want them to be greenhouses. We didn't want to attract attention. Um, and the first facility is, is like producing finally. And um, it's, it's going really well. And, and what's happened is now our neighbors and other communities around us and other township supervisors and mayors, I've actually had set up a, several tours of the facility that's operational because they're hearing about the revenue that we're generating. We're building a new police station and not raising taxes. And they're like, we, we want to look at us too. So, you know, not, I'm not saying that uh, it could have gone the other way too. I mean, I, I think we had enough safeguards in place to protect our residents' property values. And I do like to say that, um, you know, I do think it's really important. My job is to protect our property values. We need to think about all the decisions that we're making because people, when they live here, their investment is their home. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, we wanted to really make sure that what we were doing wasn't short-sighted and for our short-term gain to hurt other hurt our residents and I think we've we've done a pretty good job of that so okay so now is the time when I get to ask you three random questions okay this is gonna be fun and then as a thank you you can ask me one okay all right I used to have like numbers on them but one one shuffle and it's done okay (laughs) and then All right. So I'll go ahead and ask you two, and then you can ask me the one, and then I'll finish up. All right, fun. All right, which British invasion do you prefer, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? <laughs> Beatles. I think the Beatles, yeah. Just the Black cl- album or white album? White. Yeah. All right, all right. Not a bad answer. I'm a Rolling Stones person myself. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I don't, lo- I, I don't I not- love the Beatles, but I feel like, if I had to like choose who yeah. to like go and have a beer with, it would be the Rolling Stones. I, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I like, like they're both good choices, right? Right, right. All right. What advice would you give your younger self? Listen more. I'm still learning that one, um, and I, I think it's the most important skill that anyone can have. And um, at least with my personality, I. I typically like to jump in and I'm a solver. I want to solve. And uh, so listen, 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 listen first. Mm-hmm. That one's becoming more and more important in my life as well. So listen. All right, Where, what's see. the one? You, you're given two ears for a reason and only one mouth? That's right. Is that a right set up? That's right set up. All right. I should just be, I, should, I could really throw you off and just ask something totally unrelated. You, you could, right, but what, I would know if there wasn't one. What is the one thing you do every morning or nearly every morning and the one thing you do nearly every night? Um, oh, and that one is like besides brushing your teeth yeah, and okay, stuff. Okay. Um, besides brushing your teeth. In the morning, uh, I stop for a moment after I pour tea and I just stop and I have that first sip because it's the best sip. I just stop and breathe and like have, have my, my sip and then craziness ensues yeah. uh and then at night um i make sure i say good night and give each dog we have three dogs um a great dane an english setter and a black lab and our lab ginsey's getting a little up there in years wow. so i make sure that each one gets a like a snuggle before we put them away for bed oh yes it's, it must be good to be a dog in your house yeah yeah um they have a pretty uh good life <laughs> Steve actually used to be my shop dog, but my new place um, won't let me have the uh, him in there. And to be fair, he's going through his terrible twos, and he's like 140 pounds, so 
probably for the best. His name is Steve? Yes. We name all of our dogs after Supreme Court justices. Oh, so he's that's funny. Justice that's cool. John Paul Stevens. Anyway, nerd alert. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> like say that before. All right. Uh, how do you measure success? Wow. Um, and you don't have to get all philosophical. No, it's like, you know. No, I, I think I think actually I've, I've learned a lot recently about this, and I think it's how others view you. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's been good and bad, just being very, very honest uh, with me. There's things I regret, interactions and things, and how I've carried myself. Um, but you know, this winning the this getting this recognition, I was also voted to be the in the the first um, vice chair of SEMCOG, which is the Southeast Michigan Council of Governments, by my peers. So I think to me that how other people view you um, is is something I'm trying to, and it's not always about um, just trying to please everyone, um, but it's trying to do right by other people, not just yourself. I think if that makes sense. So yeah. Um, and I'm still learning every day, and I make mistakes every day. Well, just to kind of add on to that, what you were saying uh, about your past, you know, it's so easy to write off politicians. And now that, I mean, I'm a local one, very, very. No, but you are one. And and I realize, you know, and that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is it, it's so easy to just be like, Ugh, you know, whatever. They knew what, you know. They were getting themselves into and this, that, and the third, but they're we're, we're people, yeah. And trying to make good decisions, trying to um, make good decisions with, for the people that voted on us, it's hard. It's hard sometimes to go. Um, I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is what right. I know the majority wants. So when you're stuck in that position can get sticky also you know your people your person yeah. your human it's it's a very interesting dynamic it is it's it's wild and and i that's one reason i really like the local office local level office um and i i personally don't have any at least i'm not saying never never but at least right now at this time in my life not re- real interested in any higher political office i feel like personally i can make the most difference at this level the way i'm wired and and connected and then um, I just don't like the partisan stuff. It, it burns me out. And I think I think most most people you talk to are burned out by it as well. Yep. So I'm I'm really focused on the work I do to, the best I can to keep it nonpartisan. I mean, mm-hmm. if people really push me, they can understand where I personally fall on a lot of these issues. But I don't think it's my job to push my own agenda. I think it's my job again to try to listen hear what most people want and that's that's why i hear i'm i'm representing them so yeah i'm not perfect but it's something i'm i'm constantly working on well we got a couple minutes left so i'll if you want to add anything or say hi to anyone <laughs> go for it shout out to all my fans i'm kidding <laughs> um yeah i think that you know one of the things i i've been trying to do is just get people a little bit more engaged in what we're doing mm-hmm. um it's funny because it's a little counterintuitive to some of my colleagues um, tease me because they think I'm just too too out there, other supervisors and stuff. And you know, I keep a, try to keep a pretty active Facebook page just to keep community updates, but I also try to make it kind of personal to me um, because I'm I love for I love for the engagement. Even if someone's upset with me about a decision I made or something the township's doing, um, I think that's how we we learn. So. We're, we're always trying to get more people involved, um, more people involved in our committees and commissions. Um, 
So well, if you're listening right now and you even if that even sparked your interest, I'd encourage you to reach out because there's usually some place we can there's always some place we can plug people in. And I really liked your Facebook uh, quote. I didn't know we could do quotes anymore. Anyway, um, it's not all about me, or it's not about me, or it, 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 yeah. it was something like that. I, I was doing a quote of the week every week. I have this book my mom bought me of all these quotes from famous people, and uh, it was really cool. I would just usually I just read it and pick one each week and put it up there, and I, I kind of got away from that. But I do like looking back and at leaders, and not just political leaders. You know, people that have that have been in 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 influencing roles whether they be athletes or presidents right so that's something i've i've tried to do maybe i'll have a quote someday of my own i don't know well you've but that humble the humbleness behind that quote you've actually lived it i i've seen lots of articles on you because you know you're kind of a big deal around these here parts i don't know about that but but you do you do live that quote um and you get recognition and there's a difference between you know, broadcasting that you're trying to actively get a, you know, recognition or a position or et cetera, et cetera. You, you are recognized for the work you do and you do it in a way that's humble. And I'm, that's very inspiring. Well, I appreciate it. That's very kind. I, I think that certainly is my goal. So it's, th- it's thank you for saying that, um, you know, next week. And again, I, you know, I don't know when this was, this will air, but, uh, I have the opportunity to present the state of the township address on May 12th. And, it's a fun time. I try to make it different than like just a normal PowerPoint presentation that people are just probably tired of. But you know, I, the the theme for this year is building together, building together as one. And I think we saw that coming through the pandemic and even before the pandemic. I mean, when there's a need, this community steps up. And, and I think that's the thing that you'll hear from people that didn't grow up here that have moved here like me. I didn't grow up here. But when there's a need, there's whether it's someone in the neighborhood that's battling cancer or you know we're raising money to build a miracle field people really step up and come together it's it's really cool and and i'm i get to share our story i get to be the lucky one that gets to kind of brag about just what happened for the last year and how we really did come together uh in spite of everything going on in the world you know our community really stuck together and we had the food pantry we were doing here we still have the food truck that i think this week was week 56 I had Matt Pfeiffer on last yeah. week, so he yeah. told me. I, he told me I ran into him on the lake yesterday. We were floating together for a little bit, and uh, he told me he was on. And I said, "Oh, I'm going tomorrow." So, to ter- tell you it was just awful, no. and like to be, you know, catch yeah. up on I on said, your stuff. Oh, I said, "Oh my word, I have to follow Matt." Matt, Matt, because Matt is Matt is the mayor. He actually is the mayor of Lake Orion. I can't disagree with that. I one. know he is known. He is everywhere. So. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, it's been really fun to chat with you. It's cool you're doing this. This is my first podcast. Oh, well, yeah. cool, cool. Thank and you. I know you have to get going because you got... I do. Um, I'm one of those committees that I'm on. Yes, uh, yes. Memorial. We have our meeting today, so I got to scoop. But... Thank you so much for be, uh, for agreeing to be on and uh, shuffling around. I'm sure you're scheduled to get on. Um, so thank you very much. And I think this is my 10th episode, so milestone. Milestone. I'm happy to be here for it. Thanks so much for having me, sir. Uh, congrats on your success. Look forward to continue working with you on the local level. And maybe when you're a big podcast star, don't forget the little people. Don't right. don't forget episode 10. I, I promise I won't. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you about town. <laughs>